rejects, opinionates, has rigid and fixed ideas and views and habits. It's natural for us to experience our minds in this way. Before the mind is fully enlightened, then naturally there's going to be various fetters, various obstacles, shackles, chains that, uh, that bind and limit the jitta, the heart. I would say that the, uh, the development of insight, this quality of vipassana, has a lot to do with getting to know and actualize the, the, breakthrough, the breaking through of the last five fetters. The samyojana. This isn't the only way to look at it, but I feel in reflecting on it, exploring it, this is a lot of uh, what it revolves around. So these five higher fetters, the more refined sangyojana or things that bind and limit the citta, the first two are ruparaga and aruparaga. So that's attachment to blissful states of mind, firstly that have a form, that have some kind of pattern or structure, ruparaga, passion for the formed, and then aruparaga, uh, relishing or delighting attachment to blissful mind states that are free of form, that are, have uh, no, say, patterning or perceptual quality, formless, arupa, like empty space. When we try to take a, a word like unborn, unoriginated, uncreated, unformed, unconditioned, it's impossible for the mind to really create an image or a, a way of representing that. The Pulsimator has talked about this many times in the last few weeks and months. Dhamma is unimaginable. The mind can't create an image. But even so, we, we use images like spacious or vast or empty space. But this, even this quality of space is, a, is an attachment. It's based upon our sense of vision and three-dimensional uh, universe that we physically participate in, the rupakanda, the material world. So that, it needs to be recognized as an attachment, an assumption. Rupa and arupa needs to be let go of. The Pali word anidasana means non-manifest or non-manifestative, which is a very long, unusual word. So not subject to manifestation. So letting go of form, letting go of, of space, I would say, is opening the heart to that anidasana, that non-manifest. Hard to imagine, letting go of space. We talk about space of the mind or the space of the atmosphere, the space of the universe. It seems like an absolute reality, but in terms of direct experience and perception, it too is a construct, I would say.
when uh, cosmologists or physicists talk about the Big Bang, they say the whole 13.4 billion years ago, the whole universe was just one infinitesimal point, a tiny spot, and then bang. <laughs> Very quickly after the, the bang, within micro, micro, microseconds, the universe expanded. And they say time and space began with that Big Bang. And people will ask, well, if space began, what was the universe expanding into? Uh, the mind goes blank, at least mine does. <laughs> you can think, oh, like a, a cloud of smoke expanding into the space of a room, or the, uh, the pollen being shed by a, spread by a tree, spreading out into the atmosphere around the tree. What was the universe expanding into if space was only just coming into being? It's boggling, mind-boggling, unimaginable. In the same way, letting go of a sense of space or form. Even recognizing there's some kind of an assumption or an attachment there, I would say, is important. Letting go of rupa and arupa. Opening the heart to the non-manifest, non-manifestative. Not just empty space, but that dimension of being where its form and space doesn't even apply. Location doesn't apply. As the Buddha described in another teaching from the Udana, there is that ayatana, that sphere of being where there is no no coming, no going, no standing still, no this world, no other world. No sun, no moon, no stars. No arising, no disappearance. Again, boggling, mind-boggling, unimaginable. No coming, no going, no standing still, no, no this world, no other world, no past, no future. Because all of the mental imagery, the language that we have, it's based upon the experience of the sensory world. But to truly embody the Dhamma, to truly know that, be that, embody that, it's important to recognize these habitual attachments that create three-dimensional space, time, identity. Oh, the next uh, of the, these refined fetters is asmimana, the conceit of identity. All the I am's, the owning self, etang mama, this is mine, connected with tanha, craving, eso hamasmi, this is what I am, the sense of being, I am a person, I am uh, in this place. connected to conceit, mana. Esome ata, this is myself, this is what I am, the narrative self, our name, our age, our nationality, our personal story. Also the feelings of I, the, the knower, I know, uh, I remember, the knowing self, or the choosing self, I decide, it's me, choosing to go left rather than right choosing to 
Stand up, sit down. All these different selfings, the owning self, being self, the narrative self, the, the knowing self, the choosing self, and probably a lot more that I can't think of at the moment. This is what the insight into anatta is about, recognizing all those selfings arising and passing away. It's not me realizing the Dhamma, but the Dhamma realizing all those me's, all those me's coming and going, arising, passing away. And then the next one is udacha, restlessness. It's not about fidgeting on our cushion or wanting to go out for a walk because you're bored and agitated. This is a very subtle kind of restlessness, the mind that creates time and location. There's some other place, some other time that is more interesting or more comfortable or more promising than this. That the Dhamma is somewhere else. A little bit more of this and we'll get there. A little Just over there and that'll be the good place. Letting go of Udacha is complete abandoning of location, that there isn't any other place, there's only this reality. Letting go of time. There isn't another time. The Dhamma is akaliko, pachupana, here and now. Sanditiko akaliko, here and now, timeless. There isn't another time for the Dhamma to appear. It's here. <laughs> You're it. <laughs> This is it. This is it. So letting go of udacha is that, that relinquishment of attachment to three-dimensional space, location, being some place, and being a center to knowing or being, experiencing. Placelessness, the place which is no place, as it's sometimes called. And then the last, the most refined of all, is avicca, ignorance, not seeing things clearly. There's all different kinds of ways that that can manifest, but even believing in the, the solidity of a concept, number, language, a word perfectly represents a reality, or a number represents a, a perfect and complete reality. Letting go of avicca, transcending avicca, is recognizing there's no concept, no word, no number, no mathematical form that can genuinely and completely represent that truth. It's also letting go of causality, along with letting go of time, letting go of identity, the most refined, I would say, the most complete letting go that is letting go of cause and effect. Lumpur Chai used to talk about this in a very skillful, beautiful way. He'd say, the Dhamma is nok het milpon. Nok means outside of. Het is the cause, hetu. Mil means above, transcending. Pon is the fruit, the effect. Nok het milpon outside of cause and above effect. 
And each of us will experience different degrees of attachment, identification, talking in this way. Can, some of it we might be able to relate to, some of it is like, what the heck is that about? But the opportunity of, of uh, formal practice, looking directly at the nature of mind, encourages this exploring, seeing where the points of friction are, the points of identification, where that grasping, attachment, identification, where those assumptions are made, getting to know how the mind believes in words or believes in time, location, is attached to space or spaciousness. See where the mind gets caught, where it identifies and snags. A sense of being, a sense of owning, my story. How fascinated are we by our own story? What makes our story more important or more interesting than somebody, somebody else's? And then as those areas of attachment, identification, are recognized, awakened too, notice the effect as they dissolve. What's apparent when those identifications or those selfings end? There's assumptions about language, time, identity, place. As they end, even for a moment, Notice that. What's the quality of the citta, the heart, when it's free of every, every grasping, every attachment, every identification? What's the experience of that ayatana? No coming, no going, no standing still. Free of identity, free of time, free of place. Free of language, number. Everything, every thing. How is it? The Buddha said that ayatana, that is the end of dukkha. There's no traction, no landing place. Complete. That's the direct realization of Dhamma itself. Here it is. <laughs> 